glad to be here tonight, aren't you? Did you know that as a body of Christ, we've got some things to do and we have some places to go in God? I truly believe that he is preparing us for what he has prepared for us. Do you get that? He is preparing us for what he has prepared for us. This is the greatest day to be alive. I believe that we have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And as the body of Christ that we are not regressing, we are progressing. We are being changed from one degree of glory unto the next. We are going higher in the things of God and we are going to shine brighter with his glory to be a light in this dark dying world but thank god we are the light and we have the life of god on the inside of us a couple of wednesdays ago a lady's prayer we were praying and um that's what you do at a prayer meeting you know and out of my mouth i heard myself say this the fuller you are the further you go And I mean, it's no high revelation really, but it went off on the inside of me. You know, when the Lord gives you a word that drops in your spirit, it contains power. And it was just like dynamite on the inside of me. The fuller you are, the further you go. Now, just think about this in light of an illustration. If you were going to take a road trip, let's say that you wanted to go down to LA. For us, we go to Living Land. You got, might want to go to Disneyland. But either way, you go drive down to LA. And you're sitting in your driveway or you're sitting in your car and you try, you start the car. It doesn't start. You look at the gas tank and it says E and you sit there all day long and you wonder why you're not moving. You wonder why you're not on I-5 going down to LA. Well, what is the answer? You're on empty and your car ain't going to go fur on empty not going to go anywhere. You got to fill up the tank. Well, you know what? For us, it's the same spiritually. If we're on E spiritually, if we're empty, if we're void of the word of God, if we haven't fed our spirits with manna from heaven, with the word of the living God, if we haven't prayed in the Holy Spirit and built ourselves up, we ain't going fur spiritually. But the fuller we are, the further we go. We run our race with strength and power. And we finish our course when we're full. And that's what we're going to be in this place. That's what we, as the heart of the bay camp here, we're going to be full and we're going to go fur in the things of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) Well, there's a story in the Bible. I love this story and we're not going to read it and recount the whole thing. But uh, by way of, if you want to look at it later, it's in first Kings chapter 18. And I always refer to it as the showdown at the okay corral. It's a showdown between Elijah the prophet and the prophets of Baal. And they had come, the prophets of Baal had taken 
over the land. And Elijah was tired of the people of God worshiping a false prophet. So he said, this is what we're going to do. We are going to have a showdown. And I always see him marching to center stage. And for some reason, I always picture him not as a little Wally Cox, a little Barney Fife. But I picture him as John Wayne walking to the scene in his cowboy boots. And saying, okay, I'm going to show you who really God is. Who the true and the living God is. He didn't make a big deal about it. He's being polite. He says, you guys go first. And whoever's God answers by fire, let him be God. So all day long, the prophets of Baal are are cutting themselves. They're crying. They're doing all sorts of gyrations, calling on Baal. Nothing. Nothing, not even a spark, (laughs) nothing fell from heaven. There wasn't even probably hot. There was nothing happening. So after a while, he starts poking him. Don't you love it? He says, maybe you better cry a little bit louder. Maybe maybe your God's on a journey. One translation says, maybe he's going to the bathroom. You better call a little louder. Obviously, he's not responding. He's not hearing you. And then he says, okay, (coughs) okay, enough (coughs) is enough. Now it's my turn. And he says, I'm going to prove to you whose God is really God. And he, they had an altar built there. And he didn't just sit, call fire down from heaven. He dug trench all the way around it, filled those trenches with water. One simple prayer. God in heaven, let them know that you are the true and the living God. And the fire fell. Immediately, burned, not only burned up the sacrifices, but lit, licked up all the water around it. So I love to read that story and I get excited. It was such a tremendous victory, such a tremendous show of God's power and how that Elijah had a great breakthrough that day. And the whole land, because of, of God showing himself strong, was cleansed of all of the prophets of Baal. They had him killed and a decree was made that God is God. That's powerful stuff. That is an awesome, amazing victory. But you know what? The very next chapter, which is 1 Kings chapter 19, another great revelation right after 18, Elisha gets word That Jezebel is out to kill him. Now he had just had this great conquering victory over all these prophets of Baal. And he gets word that this demon possessed woman wants his head on a platter literally. Because she was a worshiper of Baal and she didn't like this. And you know instead of, now I'm not judging him, but instead of him doing What he had done in the previous chapter and calling out to God to show himself strong. He ran from a woman. He took off. He didn't take a stand. And you know what? This tells me this really, this is a tactic of the devil. You can experience a tremendous, great breakthrough, a wonderful victory And many times after that happens, and I'm not a prophet of doom. This is just the facts, folks. Many times after you've gone through a great victory, there's a counterattack. And I don't know why, but maybe it's because when you've been standing 
for a long time. You're a little bit battle fatigued and the devil thinks I'm just going to do an uppercut while they're kind of wobbly on their feet or I don't know, whatever, doing, doing a counter attack. But you know what? God gives us victory in spite of it. Amen? Amen. Or another thing that the devil will do, he'll say, okay, I think maybe this is what he was doing with Elijah, toying with him. All right, that was it. Your time has passed. You already accomplished more than any other prophet. Look what you did. Now God is done with you. There's nothing left for you to do. Your best years are behind you. I won't ask for a show of hands, but anybody ever heard that? Oh, you're getting old now. Oh, what you've done for God, it was in the past. You're not going to do anything great anymore. The greatest thing that you ever accomplished is in your past. Life, as you know it, is done. Nothing more for you to do. Might as well send your saddle home. You're toast. It's over. So Elijah, I'm sure, was dealing with these tactics. But let's look over here at 1 Kings chapter 19. We'll begin reading at verse 5. And let's see what the Lord had to say about that. (coughs) Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. I want you to keep that in mind. Now the next verse. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, let's read that together. What did he say? Rise and eat. Because the journey is too great for you. That phrase, arise and eat. The journey is too great for you. And really, I believe God's saying that to us. We can't do this by ourselves. The journey is too great for us to do it in our own might, in our own ability in our own reasoning the places that God wants to take us we can't get there by ourselves it's not by might it's not by power but it's by the help of the Holy Spirit coming upon us and empowering us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. The journey might be too great for us to get there on our own, but it's not too great in God and with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We don't want to limit how far we can go by our own abilities. So the angel had to say it to him twice. Elijah, you have to partake of what the Lord has provided. He'd been running from Jezebel. He hadn't taken time to eat. He was weary physically. So he's saying to him, I still got some things for you to do. I'm not finished with you. It's not time for you to crawl up under a juniper tree and die in fear of Jezebel. He's saying, don't quit. Don't give up. Arise. Eat 
what I'm providing for you because you still got some places to go. There's a journey. There's a path that I'm going to take you on and you're going to do it in my strength. So Elijah obeyed. Look what it says in verse eight. So he arose and he ate and he drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mount of God. Hallelujah. That must have been some cake. Woo. It strengthened him and it sustained him and it satisfied him for 40 days. And it got him to the next place, to the next phase, to the next thing that God wanted him to to do well folks this is what we're supposed to be partaking of this is our strength this is what we are to arise and eat and partake of and get full of so that we can go on the journey that god has provided for us the church has some great things yet to do. We've got some places to go in God and don't listen to the lies of the devil. And even sometimes religious people, they'll look back backwards and say, well, the greatest moves have already happened. The biggest revival already took place. God's already poured out his glory on San Francisco. They had their day. They had their time. It's not going to happen again. But that is a lie of the devil. We're going to rise and eat and we're going to go on our way. We're going to go with God. And our God is not ever a God of regression he's leading us forth with strength he's leading us forth with joy and i believe it that our best days are yet to come can i get an amen don't buy into the lies of the devil that was the devil that was trying to get elijah to quit trying to get him to give up and he'll try to do that with us But we're not going to. Amen. Eat the promises of the word of God. He has provided for us. It's time for the church to arise in strength and in power. Pastor's been preaching on the seven ups for this year. And one of them was rise up. Amen. Let's look at uh, Isaiah chapter 16. Verse 1 through 3. It is time for the church to rise up and to get going. Get going. Amen. Get going in the things of God. Get going with the plan of God. We are not saved to sit. We are saved to serve. We are saved to go. Hallelujah. Two-thirds of God's name in our language is go. Hallelujah. Go ye. Get up. Rise up. Places to go. Things to do. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. Arise and shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. 
But the Lord will arise over you. And his glory will be seen upon you. I just got to shout. Woo! This is an amazing promise. Hallelujah. Verse 3 is so good too. The Gentiles shall come to your light. And the kings to the brightness of your rising. Now I want to look at verse 1 out of the Amplified. And then we're going to comment on this. Arise from the depression and the prostration in which the circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Arise from what? Depression and prostration. Sometimes circumstances of life will knock you flat on your back. Sometimes things will come and it just knocks the wind out of you. And we know that tests and trials are a reality. And sometimes you don't feel like getting up. Depression can leave a sense of hopelessness. It can be a dark place. I think that's why I like the... Amplified translation here because it says rise and shine out of that darkness. Depression can leave you feeling like you're in a dark place, in a pit, in a hole. But he says when that begins to happen, rise up, look up like pastor's been preaching. Look up. Even if you feel like your head is sold down and, and you're burdened and you're heavied out from all this stuff. What are we supposed to do? Look up. He's the glory and he's the lifter of our head. There is help. There is hope. Hallelujah. There's a way out of the darkness. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. You can't get going if you're laying flat on your back. You're not even going to make it out the front door if you choose to lay in the bed and pull the covers over your head. But when you rise up, what do you do in the morning? You wake up, you rise up, you get going about your day. And that's what he's saying. We need to be doing spiritually Don't lay down spiritually. Don't be empty. Be full of the word. Be full of the spirit. Rise up and step into the plan of God. Rise up and find that path that he has ordained for you. God has called each and every one of us. To a glorious life. He's chosen a good life. He's prearranged some wonderful things for your life. But if we don't rise up, if we don't make that step of faith, we'll never step into it. Amen. But I'm saying we're following after God. Amen. Now I like how it says here, arise and shine for your light has come. You know, one thing that the Bible tells us is light is the light of the glorious gospel. The light of the glorious gospel shining 
in your life will illuminate darkness. I love this scripture over in Psalms. Psalms 119. Got a lot of verses in there. But Psalms 119, 105, it says this of the word. Your word is a lamp to my feet. And it is a light to my path. What is? What is? What brings light? What brings a lamp to our feet and a light to our path? The word. I love this passage in the message. Psalms 119 verse 105 and verse 106, I believe, in the message. It says, by your words, I can see where I am going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I've committed myself and I'll never turn back from living by your righteous order. The psalmist David is describing what the word was doing in his life. Have you ever been in the dark, even in the dark spiritually? Maybe you don't know what to do, which way to go. And if you get into the word of God, all of a sudden, light, it shines light on our path. It's not good to be in a dark place. It's not good to be out in a forest, out in the woods at night being pitch black. I remember that as a kid. We'd go on the 160 acres farm that we had there. And sometimes we'd play real late on a summer day. And we'd lose track of time. And it would get dark. And if if the moon wasn't shining bright, I mean, it really got dark. Because there weren't any street lights out there. You know what I'm saying? It was out in the country. Plum out in the country. So, man, we'd be trying to find our way home. And you hear these little noises here. And a little noise there. And yeah, there's critters out there. And then like my brother Ricky's coming. And he'd he'd like to sneak off and get behind a bush and jump out and scare us. That was really not a good thing. You don't know what's lurking out there in the dark. You don't want to be caught in the dark without the light. But then, you know, you might be walking alone. and, And then all of a sudden you see this flashlight. Shining light. Our daddy's coming to look for us. Our daddy's bringing the light to show us home. And it was a welcome sight when your path was so dark. You're tripping over rocks. You're stumbling over this. You're hearing these noises and you're seeing little eyes glowing out there in the dark. You know, something's out there. You're just not sure what it is. That's, I think that's one of the reasons people whistle out in the dark. They're like, ooh. But all of a sudden... Something's out there. I'm going to whistle and maybe they'll know I'm here too. (laughs) But how awesome it was. That big floodlight flashlight. I can still remember. My dad kept it hanging out on the back porch. In case something came around the house, he'd... It's like a spotlight on those critters. And here comes the spotlight. And it illuminated our path. That's what the Word of God does to us. It's a lamp unto our path. It's a light unto our feet. Our daddy, daddy loves us more than my natural dad loved. Come looking for his kids out there in the dark. Our father loves us. And he wants to illuminate your life. 
He wants to show you where to go. He doesn't want us stumbling around in the dark. He doesn't want you falling this way and falling that way and getting tripped up on this temptation and tripped up over here. No, he's saying, I want to shine my light bright in your life so you can see where you're going. And the brighter the light, guess what else? The further you'll go. Woo! If that light's shining just a little bit, you can see right here, and that's good. You got a teeny, teeny little flashlight, and it's good. Well, I'm not going to step on a snake or something right here by my foot. But when you have a huge light, you can see way out there ahead of you, and you know that the coast is clear. The pathway is paved, and you're going to get where you need to go. Hallelujah! That's how much our Father loves us. He wants to shine, shine, shine on your life and on your pathway. Now, how do we get where we want to go? We've already talked a lot about it. The Word. The Word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. It brings strength to me. But I just saw something else that the Word does. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It's going to light our path, but it's going to help us in other ways. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living, it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Not only does the word illuminate our path. But this is something else that the word will do for you. It divides. It separates between. What does that say? Between your soul and your spirit. Your soul and your spirit are not the same thing. We say all the time the soul got saved and you know that we're not going to be technical about it. But literally your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's not your spirit. The spirit is the real you. We were created in the likeness and image of God. And John 4, 24 says that our God is a spirit. So we are a spirit being. That's the part of us that gets born again. That's the part of us that lives on forever. That's the part of us that goes to heaven. But this verse says, the word of God will divide between the soul and the spirit. The word of God will help you not live out of your head. You get full of the word of God. You will have insight and you will have revelation. You'll have a knowing that, hey, no, that, that, that came to my mind. That thought to do that was in my head. That reasoning, that trying to figure out where I should go, what I should do, what I should say. No, that, that didn't come from down in here. That was in my head. When you're full of the word of God, it will divide what's coming to your mind and what's really in your heart. That's why the Bible says, hide the word of God in your heart. Put it inside of you 
that you don't sin against God, that you don't miss it. When the Word is in here, He will help you be led by your Spirit. The Word is a safe guide. And that's why too many people are living out of their head. They're not on the pathway of life. Even though they're born again, they're walking in the area of their will, their emotions pulled here Pulled there, one day up, one day down. All about feelings, feelings. Just living in that realm. But a person that's full of the Word of God, the Word helps divide that. And you know, no, that was my head. I'm not living out of my head. I'm living out of my heart. When you're full of the Word, it's easier to be led by the Spirit of God. Because the word on the inside of you, it will help you hear the voice of God. Doesn't the Bible, does the Bible say over in Romans 8, uh, 14, for as many as are led by their heads, they are the sons of God. Is that what that, is that, what that says? For as many as are led by their minds, as many as are led by their emotions, as many as are led by their feelings. No, as many as are led By the Spirit of God. What's on the inside of us? Being full of the Spirit. Being full of the Word of God will help us to be led. And be in the right place at the right time. Do you want to make those divine appointments that God set up for you? Do you want to hook up with those glorious connections? God's got some things Set aside for all of us. He's got divine destiny upon your life. And being learning to be led by the Spirit of God will help us be in tune with where He's wanting us to go. And who He's wanting you to be connected with. Hallelujah. Being led by the Spirit of God. So how do we get where we want to go? We got to be full of the Word of God. And we also have to be full of the Spirit. Being full of the Spirit. He is our helper. And He will help us to pray out the will, the plan, and the purpose of God. And just one time getting filled with the Spirit is not enough. I don't think I gave you guys the scripture, but let's look over in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and I'll tell you in a minute which verse. Being, being, being filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 5, and I'd like to look at it in the Amplified, if you could get that up there. Therefore, he says, awake, O sleeper, and arise. There it is again. What are we doing? We are arising. We're getting up and we're getting going about the Father's plan. Amen. Arise from the dead and Christ shall shine. Make day dawn up on you and give you what? What's he going to give us? We're not children of the darkness. We don't have to walk around in the darkness wondering what's going on. We're children of the light. Then he goes on, he says, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposely and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and the witless, but as wise, 
sensible, intelligent people. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a wise guy or a wise woman, whatever. <laughs> we, mean that in the, we mean that in the spiritual sense. We're wise because we're full of the word of God. Amen. Then he goes on here in verse 16. Making the very most of the time. Buying up each opportunity. That's what I was talking about. There's destiny in your future. There's things that God has ordained for you to walk in. Hallelujah. Seize the moment. Be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the word of God. So you will be able to grasp those opportunities and not miss a one. Amen. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. I always love to do this. Do you want to know what God's will is? Do you want to know what his plan is for your life? Right here in the word of God is where it starts. You want to know the will of God? Then this is what you need to do. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. And then how do we do that? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Offering praise with voices and instrument. And making melody with all your heart to the Lord. And at all times and for everything give thanks. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Hallelujah. Let's just get a little filled right now. Ha, 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 ha. Woo, if you pray in tongues, go ahead. Just Ever be filled. Ever be filled. Ever be stimulated. Woo, be being filled that denotes a continuous infilling one dose of the holy ghost is not enough for me one just because you prayed in the spirit 20 years ago or even 20 minutes ago that's not good enough now ha 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 if you want to seize the opportunities if you want want to go where he has ordained for you to go then you must be filled with the spirit filled to overflowing drinking in of God's new wine it's so fine it's so fine God's new wine ha ha and and talk about an antidote for depression or for sorrow. Oh my, ha, 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 be filled with the spirit and sorrow and mourning will flee away. And if confusion has come against your mind and you sense that darkness is all around, then do what the word says. Begin to speak to yourself. Speak 
the word, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual singing. If you don't have something flowing out of your heart, then go over to the book of Psalms. I'm telling you, the psalmist David, he wrote so many beautiful songs and they came right out of his spirit. They came right out of a heart of worship and a heart of praise and it will give you a jump start. Just go and get one of those psalms speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and beginning to speak the word, beginning to pray the word, begin to just sing the songs to a melody that comes up in your heart. And then pretty soon you'll be getting your own psalms out of your spirit will flow rivers of living water out of your spirit will flow the high praises unto our God and unto our King and the high the praises the higher you go in the spirit Woo, higher higher now we must go we must not be singing songs that just appeal to our feelings and to our emotion and to this this sense realm oh no there are songs from heaven that have not yet been sung and some of them are to be for public for public display for all to hear but the ones that will take you higher and further are the ones that will come right out of your heart in your private prayer time to the lord he will give you spiritual songs hallelujah Spiritual songs that will set your feet a-dancing. Spiritual songs that will come out that will be even answers to some questions. Out of your own spirit shall flow high praise. Out of your own spirit shall flow the wisdom of God. Oh, so make sure every day that you are full, full. The fuller you are, the further you'll go. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just all begin to pray. I don't need to finish my notes. That's enough. Oh, let the Spirit of the Lord.